What's going on, Reds fans, and what's going on, baseball fans? Thank you so much for finding the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I am uh, going through day two of being under the weather, so if this sounds weird, that's why. I can't breathe out my nose. But we're going to talk about some Reds baseball. Unfortunately, we have a bad game to talk about, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to put it in the rearview mirror and we're going to move on because the Reds have a couple of big series this weekend against the NL East starting down in the ATL. We're going to break that down and I've got some thoughts about Luis Castillo's legacy. I know that it's a little bit early in his career to be saying that L word, but just kind of looking at where he is right now. We're going to talk about all of that on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Before we get into all of that though, Let's do the intro. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Oh boy, that, that was a rough night. A rough one night stand for the red legs. They take the walk of shame down to ATL as they end up uh, splitting the Ohio cup with the Cleveland Indians. Although I did see that Wade Miley was given the most valuable player of the Ohio cup for pitching his no hitter. That was awesome to see. Uh, but that was not a great, uh, not a great night there for the Red Lakes. Actually, before we jump into all that, though, if you are brand new to the show, make sure that you are subscribed right here. I appreciate everybody who has subscribed thus far and who's been watching and commenting. You guys are awesome. You guys make this uh, the reason you're the reason that I do this. I love to talk Reds and the fact that anybody is listening is awesome. Also, follow on your favorite podcasting app if you uh, can't get me on YouTube you can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, uh, save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. All right. Last night was a blowout. That was a terrible game. The Reds got destroyed. That's kind of one of those games you almost look at. If you're making a baseball movie about a playoff team, you said this was the game that they realized they weren't invincible or, you know, Something like that. That That's kind of what happened. I chalked that up. I thought the Reds were going to score in bunches off of Sam Hedges and what also turned into a bullpen game for the Indians. That didn't happen. They only got three runs off of Hedges and a bunch of guys. Well, that's really fun to say when you can't breathe out of your nose. Hedges. <sighs> Sam, if you're watching, I'm sorry, man. I'm not trying to butcher your name. Um, but the uh, And then the flip side happened. Luis Castillo didn't pitch very well at all. In fact, he pitched the way I thought Sam Hinches was going to pitch. Uh, I, I told you to take him seven-plus strikeouts and the Reds to win, and that was a bad bet because he got destroyed. And I, I kind of chalked that up to, you know what? Castillo has been amazing for the better part of two and a half months, and this was just one of those outings where everything gone wrong. He went back to rough locations and, and the balls that were put in play. There were th the big inning that the Indians really took off on. There should have been two outs right away. Jonathan India booted a ground ball 
and Aristides Aquino ranged over. I'm not, I'm going to stop short of saying that he should have caught that ball, but he made a really good play to even get to the ball and it bounces right off of his glove. It was a tale that we saw a lot in April and May, whenever he allowed contact, the defense didn't help him out at all. So with that, the Indians scored in bunches and it didn't matter because these are still professional hitters. It didn't matter that the Indians offense had been one of the worst since the second half of the season started. They absolutely feasted yesterday and it was kind of a get right game for them. They get back to 500 and Luis Castillo uh, matches his total of earned runs allowed in his second start of August for the entire month of July. That's how good he was in July. He's already matched that uh, earned run total. So unless he pitches shutouts for the rest of the month, he's going to give up more runs in the month of August than he did in July. That's neither here nor there. That's just a number. That's a stat. I wanted to give that to you. And then on the lineup side, guys were getting shut down left and right. And the, the, uh, the rookie that the Indians pulled out Garza, he was absolutely phenomenal. He was just fooling guys. I remember two back-to-back at-bats by Nick Castellanos and Joey Votto. Castellanos got fooled on an inside fastball that never looked like it was going to be a strike, but Castellanos tried to swing for it. You, you even watch like he had to completely change his swing to even get near the ball, and he, he didn't touch it, completely whiffed. And then Joey which this was a brilliant pitch by Garza curveball that hit the lower inside corner would have been a strike. If Joey hadn't swung swings right through it. And you even saw like in the replay, like I wish I could show it, but like you saw him swing through it and go, Ooh, good pitch. That's exactly what that was. Garza just shut him down and the reds never could get any sort of comeback going. They sort of looked lethargic and you probably could blame the travel plan on that. David Bell did not want them to leave on Sunday. They left Monday morning. They got there on the day of the game. So maybe that's to blame as as much as anything. But the weather wasn't that great. It was warm. It wasn't a cold weather game. You can't be saying, well, Luis Castillo doesn't pitch well in cold weather games, which we're going to explore that a little bit more next week. I'm going to have Joel luck up on, and we're going to talk about that. What, what exactly that means? Because we've seen plenty of bad starts from him. I know from my eyes and from my memory, there have been struggles for Castillo in suboptimal weather games, but what do the numbers say? We're going to look at that next week, but just his performance all around and the Reds as a whole almost looked like they didn't want any part of that game after the beginning by the Indians. And so they ended up losing by a lot, nine to three. And now we head to Atlanta. Let's talk about this series coming up because number one, I don't like to live in the past and the past right now is pretty bleak for the red legs. They, um, uh, terrible game. Sorry, phone just went off. Had to make sure that was so uh, terrible game up in Cleveland for them. See if they can bounce back against an opponent that is still in it. The AL East or the NL East is wide open. And the fact that the Braves made some moves, which we actually kind of belabored on the uh, trade deadline show, uh, I think uh, it's going to make this interesting. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Before we get into all of that, though, I wanted to let you know, we we talked about it yesterday. I gave you the tips. They didn't work over at betonline.ag. Sometimes I give you some winning tips. Sometimes I don't. Yesterday, I didn't. 
But you can check out betonline.ag today. Set up your profile and type in the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. If you put in 100, you'll get 50 more just for typing in locked on. And betonline.ag has amazing lines when it comes to Major League Baseball. They've got NFL futures. They've got all kinds of stuff pertaining to reality TV. Whether you are into all of that stuff or not, and you're just a sports better, you want to make some money off your sports knowledge, check them out today at betonline.ag and type in the promo code locked on. I love betonline.ag. It's the only online sports book that I trust. And you should too. Go to betonline.ag. No, no tip for you today. We'll be uh, we'll be back later on this week with some more for you. But for right now, just set up your profile, type in the promo code locked on, and see what kind of lines you want to jump in on today at betonline.ag with the promo code locked on. And I forgot to mention earlier as well, today's uh, episode of Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. They have all of the parts your car will ever need an amazing selection and reliably low prices. Go to rockauto.com and tell them your pal Jeff sent you by typing in locked on in the, how'd you hear about a section? All right, let's talk about the Braves. We're on to Atlanta. We're done with the whole, uh, terrible game Monday night in Cleveland. Let's look at game one between the Reds and the Braves. You've got on the mound for the red legs, Sonny gray against, uh, just drew smiley, man, almost, Got that. Jeez. Anyway, when we look at this series, uh, starting off, Drew Smiley, his one game against the Reds, he pitched pretty well. Six innings, one earned run allowed. He scattered six hits, only had three strikeouts, but that's kind of been his MO. He's league average when it comes to try, a little bit below league average, really. League average in walks. He also has a league average contact against him. The thing with him recently has been not pitching very deep into games. We might see more of the Braves bullpen here in this first part of the series because his last three starts, he's gone four innings in each of the starts. He has not gone long enough into the game to get a win, but in those last three starts, the Braves are 3-0. and So there's some kind of magic formula that they found out. Even with his last two starts against the the. Uh, against the Cardinals, he gave up three earned runs in four innings. And against the Mets, he gave up three earned runs in four innings. And in both of those games, the bullpen came in and for the final five innings allowed no runs to the Mets and one run to the Cardinals and the Braves won. So the formula that they've come out with here in Atlanta during Drew Smiley starts has been interesting. And his last start at home he went five and two-thirds against the Rays. He did give up three runs in that one, but the uh, Rays actually won that game. So how do the Reds bounce back? How do they bounce back from a poor lineup showing in Cleveland facing another, and, and really Sam Hinches isn't even as good as Drew Smiley is. Drew Smiley is a league average lefty, but he's a lefty. And this lineup has shown time and time again that, as many games as they've actually gone up on the left-hander, they've also been pretty bad in other games. So how do they bounce back in this one against a guy who, I mean, when you look at his stuff, I mean, you go down his pitch repertoire, he does not throw fast. His average fastball velocity is 92.3. His curveball, which he throws almost as much as his four-seamer, 
that's only 78 miles an hour. The difference there in velocity is probably what's get what gets hitters, and that's why he's got almost a 40% whiff rate on his curveball. That's pretty much his money maker, though he has given up nine home runs on that pitch as well. But according to StatCast and everything that shows what's going on with Drew Smiley, he's beginning a little bit lucky. His ERA of 4.5 is almost half a run better than his expected ERA of 4.9. So the Reds should have a good day, right? I mean, I said that against Sam Hinches, and that really came back to bite me. So I'll stop short of saying they should have a good day. They should just put runs on the board. Just put some runs on the board against this Atlanta side. Atlanta as a whole comes into this really looking to uh, make some hay. This is a series that they need so much as the Reds need. They're they're in a division chase that is very attainable right now. I mean, you're talking about an Atlanta Braves side that is right within striking distance of the Mets and the Phillies. The Phillies have overtaken the Mets here recently, but I love the fact that this game is going to, or these three games are going to be so tightly contested. They always are between the Reds and the Braves. And it's always been annoying because I'm not a big Braves fan. I, I've told you before, I, I roomed with a lot of Braves fans in college. So whenever they play the Braves, it just means a little bit more to me personally. But at two games over 500, they're currently looking up at the Phillies by two games. But that's definitely attainable. I mean, they're they're not going to be... Uh, sleepwalking through this series. So the Reds need to be ready to go. The Brewers and Cubs were rained out last night. So the Reds only lost a half game in their loss. They got a doubleheader and chances are right now, if you're watching or listening to this, that game might, or at least game one of the Brewers and Cubs may be already underway. And then in the wild card, the Reds did lose a half game on the Padres last night, or they did lose a game on the Padres last night who had a win. So both teams have lots to gain, lots to go for in this series. It's funny because Atlanta is far and away going for the division. There are seven games out of the second wild card spot. So this is all about those two games against or trying to catch up with the Phillies and what the moves that they made during the trade deadline, trying to bring in some guys. They did get Rich Rodriguez from the Pirates, so the Reds will most likely see him a couple of times. And they tried to get some outfield help as well. They went and they got Jack Peterson early to bring into the outfield and and just trying to replace uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. So how does Sonny Gray pitch against this lineup because Sonny Gray, your first thought on him is that it's not been so great a season, but his peripherals are going to tell you otherwise. He has been pretty all right at limiting the hard contact and really doing well in other areas. His expected ERA and everything says that he's been getting unlucky. He is still pitching pretty well with his repertoire. The thing that everyone is pointing to with Sonny Gray is a very high batting average on balls in play. There it is again. We talked about it a lot last year pertaining to the lineup and how low it was. Now we're talking about Sonny Gray and how high it is because it's currently sitting at 346 where league average is in the 290s. His career average BABIP is 284. So it's like super high compared to where he normally is. 
That's why you're looking at his expected numbers. Right now, his ERA sets at 4.44. His expected ERA at 3.53. His XFIP says even more unluckiness has been having him. His XFIP is 1.2 runs better at 3.26. So, Sonny Gray, what we've seen recently, the struggles that we've worried about here recently are just due to bad luck. So hopefully we can see him kind of climb on top of that bad luck against the Brewers tonight in Atlanta. All right, coming up here, I, I, I've got some thoughts on where Luis Castillo stands because I don't know if you're like me. I, I, I've got, uh, I don't know. I, I think I might have put too many expectations on him. I think we all do that with our own players. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Before we jump into that, though, I wanted to let you know that today's episode of the Locked on Reds podcast is also brought to you by rockauto.com. We mentioned that they're our title sponsor for today. You can check out their website and get your next car part delivered right to your door. Rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need, and they've got an easy-to-use interface to help you find that part, too. Go on there, and you can find on their left side, they've got this drop-down list of every single car company. You can find yours, find your make, find your model, and you can find exactly the part that you're looking for for your car. RockAuto.com has all of the parts your car will ever need. They've also got reliably low prices. They're not going to charge a different price to you as they would to a mechanic. Some stores that you go to down the road are going to do just that. RockAuto.com doesn't. They have one reliably low price for their parts for every single person. Whether you are a car aficionado looking to restore a classic Chevelle or you're just trying to get a brake pad for your Honda Civic, they can help you out, and they've got reliably low prices on every single one of their parts. Go to rockauto.com today, and in the checkout section in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff sent you from the Locked On Reds podcast. That's rockauto.com, and type in the How'd You Hear About Us section, Locked On. Rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need. All right, I just want to spend a few more minutes today. I, I know I've I've sounded rough. I sound rough in my own ears. I hope I don't sound too terrible to you guys watching and listening today. But I want to talk about the legacy of Luis Castillo, La Piedra, because I mean, I mean, yesterday was kind of one of those starts that I don't know that too many people are going to look at and be worried about the bigger picture with him. Sorry. But I, I think that we all understand that there's been plenty of questions about him in bad weather games. And again, we're going to have Joel look up on next week. We're really going to dive into that subject and I'm going to try and look at it too, but it, it requires lots of maths and uh, maths are something that really outside of baseball statistics, I'm not very good at. And even in baseball statistics, I'd say I'm like adequate. At. So I want to get some dude who's a lot better at that than me to talk about this and really bandy about the subject because we all have this notion that if the weather ain't good, if it's like cold, and I'm not even talking about like 30s, I'm talking about if it's in the 50s and Luis Castillo is pitching, if it's overcast, if it's rainy, if it's something like that, well, forget about it. You shouldn't pitch Luis Castillo because he's not going to pitch well. I know that I've seen plenty of bad starts with him, but are we forgetting the good? That's a question that I have, and I will ask Joel next week. The thing about this is, though, if you're talking about Luis Castillo to a Reds fan, 
as opposed to a fan of a team outside of Reds country, I think there's a huge difference. Outside of Reds country, Luis Castillo is looked at as a very good pitcher, a a very nice pitcher. He's in the upper echelon of pitchers, but they're probably not thinking uh, thinking of him as elite. Because if you talk to a Reds fan, if you talk to me, I'm going to tell you that Luis Castillo is an elite pitcher. But the more and more that you look at him, if you just try to have an objective eye when it comes to Luis Castillo, are we being fair as Reds fans? It's it's easy to overrate your own players, and it's kind of easy to harp on your own players as well. See Adam Dunn. I loved Adam Dunn. There's plenty of Reds fans that didn't. But when it comes to Luis Castillo, we're talking about a guy who before the season was one of the favorites to win the Cy Young. And then a month and a half into it, people were wondering if he should be sent down. What does that do to his legacy as a whole? Because when we talk about the best pitchers in the history of the Cincinnati Reds, we talk about Jose Rio. We talk about, I talk about Johnny Cueto. I don't know if you bring him up or not. Talk about Tom Seaver. We talk about Mario Soto. We talk about. Tom Browning and guys like that. How does Luis Castillo fit into those guys? He's not had a long career as of yet, so it's probably unfair to ask this question, but I'm curious how you feel about where Luis Castillo sits because there have been so many starts where it is obvious that he has elite stuff. His fastball velocity is crazy. It's through the roof. Wasn't any worse yesterday. That wasn't the reason that you're looking at his start on Monday and saying, boy, he he doesn't look as good as he normally was. It had a lot to do with what balls were being put in play and what the defense wasn't doing with it. Sure. But his location was kind of off too. And that's been the key theme in any bad start for Luis Castillo here in 2021. So does that put him in the upper echelon of Reds pitchers when you look at franchise history? I think he's knocking on that door. I think he's definitely got the stuff to be in that group. His changeup is probably the best changeup that I've ever seen. I mean, Johnny Cueto had a really good changeup as well, and I, I did not watch Mario Soto or Jose Rijo on a daily basis. I was a little bit young to remember what that looked like, but I believe that they probably had some really good pitches as well. I don't know how he stacks up against them, but I feel like Luis Castillo has a chance that at the end of his tenure as a red leg, whenever that might be, I know that he was rumored to be in trade discussions this past offseason, but he has the chance to be in that conversation as one of the best Reds pitchers of all time. But where do his struggles in cold weather leave him? Because probably um, to most people, when you talk about Luis Castillo, you say he is a great pitcher, except when the weather is bad. Okay, well, where does he pitch then? Cincinnati. Yeah, okay, the weather's not great there all the time. In fact, uh, you can blink and the weather's going to change. We always say that about Cincinnati weather. If you don't like the weather right now, wait 20 minutes. It's going to be different soon. How does that work for a guy whose career profile says, well, if the weather's not great, you're not really sure what you're going to get out of him. Plus, when we finally get this Reds playoff team that we've all been waiting for, and if Luis Castillo is a part of that, guess what the weather's like in October in Cincinnati? Not great. How's he going to fare there? That's the biggest question that I have about his legacy as a red, because I think, and I'm pretty sure some of you listening and watching right now think that Luis Castillo 
the man right there, La Piedra, is in the upper echelon of Reds pitchers so far as the franchise history of the Cincinnati Reds are concerned. But does he make the top five? He has a chance to, but he's really got to figure out uh, pitching in bad weather. We're really going to dive into that a lot more. He's pitching again, of course, this weekend, and we'll have Joel Luckup on next week to talk about this. But I'm wondering about where he fits in as he is now a couple of years into his Reds career, at least firmly entrenched as a member of the starting rotation. What are your thoughts on that? Let me know. The Locked On Reds line, 513-549-0159, or hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs, or drop a comment right here on the YouTube channel, because I'm curious to your thoughts as well. That's going to do it for us here today on the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for watching and for listening, for enduring this nonsense that is me not being able to breathe out of my nose, and how weird this probably sounds. I should probably do any more podcasts with this voice right here. That might be more interesting than the one I've tried to use the entire... Never mind, I hate that. All right, we're done with that. (laughs) Thank you so much for watching. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you follow on your favorite podcasting app. But that's going to do it for us here today. Now, go check out the Locked On Bets podcast. They're probably going to have a little bit better tips when it comes to betonline.ag for you to use today to make some money off your sports knowledge. That's the Locked On Bets podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. But as for the Locked On Reds podcast, I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I will talk to each and every one of you with the Locked On Braves host, Dylan Short, tomorrow.